Today, we've got a nine-figure seller on the podcast, and we're going to ask him about how he was able to scale to that level, what strategies helped him get there, and even he's going to tell us about a marketplace that you probably never even realized you could sell on. How's it going, guys? This is Bradley Sutton, and you have reached the SSP, the Serious Sellers Podcast. Now, when I first started this podcast, I told you I would be having conversations with sellers of all means. So, you know, we've had five figure sellers, you know, who are just starting out six figure, seven figure. We've had an eight figure seller, but now we're going to have a nine figure seller here on the podcast. Joining me today, Jamie Davidson from AMZ Insiders. Jamie, how's it going? It's going great, Bradley. How you doing? I'm doing delightful. You and I met at a bar mitzvah that I put on a, a while back. Now that's just an inside joke, guys. Actually, we had a, a Helium 10 social here in, in Irvine, California, and Jamie flew all the way out from Atlanta to join us and hang out. And that was where we first met in person and really great guy and excited to have somebody of your caliber here because you're somebody who has you know started from the beginning, just like most have, but Unlike the majority, you have reached this level of success that's so impressive. And today I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of those, some of the journey along the way and some advice you might have for other sellers. Does that sound cool? Absolutely. Cool. All right. Now, one thing, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the first markets you got into was cell phone cases, right? That's correct. Yep. It was cell phone cases and kind of iPad when the iPad was, became big as well too. Nice. All right, cool. Now, I I think I might have told you this, you might've forgotten already, but (laughs) My first kind of uh, entry into to Amazon, it wasn't my, myself. I just worked for a company who was into it. You know, I was a partners. I was like the logistics guy, but actually they got their start too on cell phone cases. Now this was around, I don't know, I want to say Galaxy S3 Note 2 days. So around the end of 2012, beginning of 2013. Mm-hmm. And now here's the thing. They actually were very successful. I, I don't know. Maybe you've heard of, have you ever heard of the Celto cases back in the day? Uh, yes, I have heard of them. Yep. Okay. You see, even Jamie has heard of them that they, I mean, they kind of had crazy success at the beginning when they first launched like the S4 case, they were selling of each color, something ridiculous, like 500 to a thousand units a day. Um, now what had happened was my partners, they really didn't know much about Amazon or just, you know, sell, selling in general or making listings, but they just had a great idea. They're like, Hey, let's do 3d imagery and let's, let's make the cases, you know, the, the images like this. And They were one of the first ones to do that. And because of that, I think they had a huge success. You know, there was no such thing as giveaways back in those days, but just organically, they got to that level. Now, here's the thing. I obviously do not work for Celto. I don't think there's Celto anywhere. Mm -hmm. That model just like failed. I mean, they just got so successful, but since they didn't know what they were doing, they didn't try and expand on it. You know, just gradually it went down and down as the competition went up, but you kept going. So What are some of the things that you did? How did you still stay relevant and how were you able to scale a cell phone case business? Because this is going to be interesting to me because we failed at it. Sure. Yeah. That's, it's interesting. Uh, There's kind of contacts from back in, you know, a few years back. And then, you know, we think about it, you know, how we think about it right now in 2019, because um, again, from kind of both frames of reference, your point of, of, you know, an entrepreneur and starting from scratch and building to a good sized business it's, uh, you know, from that lens is people like, Oh, you know, we're, we're, you know, of a large size, we're really, really big. Um, from another lens of like, Hey, there's lots of big brands out there and big companies and corporations. And, you know, from that perspective, 
you know, we are, yeah, we're definitely a good size, but there's certainly corporations and, and big brands out there that, especially now that are moving towards Amazon or focused on Amazon that are even much bigger than us. So it's kind of, we have that both lens of, you know, how are we, how are we going to be relevant and competitive even going forward in 2019 and 20. Um, but then, you know, for the point of this, looking back, um, you know, and obviously there's lots of people on both sides of things, whether you're an entrepreneur starting off or whether, you know, a few years in or selling 5 million or whether you're, you know, managing a hundred million dollar brand, you know, maybe for a, for one of the big companies, um, you know, it's kind of that whole, the whole spectrum of things, but you know, from us, you know, there's a couple of dynamics. I mean, I'll give you a, just a short answer and then, you know, you can tell me where you want me to take it. But, you know, early on, of course there is, you know, there was the opportunity was different back then as you know, we know back in 2012 and you know, the people that were on Amazon, it wasn't as competitive, uh, but it still took, you know, lots of hustle, a lot of focus um, for us. What we've said is, you know, we're not, and I've kind of said this to you, I think before, we're not kind of a, a hack focused company, right? We, we're at a size and a scale where we're not spending, you know, one hack here, one hack here. We'll, we will implement things as we see, you know, that are worthwhile, but that's not really what we're chasing. We're really, you know, running a business. And so we think of ourselves as a product design company, um, brand focused. And even for those that we, you know, that we coach and teach, even when they're smaller, we tell them, you know, in this day and age, we think you should really be you know, heavily brand focused, um, and think about it that way, even when you're first starting off. But, but with that said, you know, so yeah, we grew quickly early on with a, you know, with a good product over time, we've had to make sure our product is really, really of good quality. And I don't necessarily think people focus on that enough as they think about making money on Amazon. Um, but once we grew to, you know, we grew quicker than what we would grow today. But, you know, once we got to, we'll call it 5 million, 10 million, um, you know, a lot of it became the systems in place, right? So when you're managing, we've got a couple hundred employees and we've got operation in, in Atlanta, Georgia here with about 40 employees with a warehouse. And then we've got, now we have a couple hundred employees over in Shenzhen, China, um, all just in the last couple of years. But, you know, then it becomes much more about, you know, what are the systems we have in place to run, you know, to manage this operation, um, and so, you know, I think similarly, if you're growing a business to $5 million or a couple million dollars on Amazon, um, you have to start focusing because, you know, there could be two individuals because both grow a business to call it 5 million and, and one person's focused on, you know, what are the hacks, what are this and another one's figuring out how to run their business and how to make sure they have systems in place to manage their inventory, to make sure their sales tax is squared away, you know, kind of all of the long list of things you got to do to be successful. And, you know, that latter description, I think is going to be more sustainable and, and, uh, but I'll, but I'll stop there and, and happy to go any direction with it. No. Yeah. I like well, uh, one thing that's stuck out with me that stuck out to me that you just mentioned right there is about building a brand. And, and I know that's one thing that Celto did it, you know, at the beginning, yeah, they they had some brand recognition yeah. because hey, everybody who had the all those thousands of people who had the S three cell toe case, they upgraded to S four. They probably looked for a cell toe case, but the, you know that number just dies down and down. Yeah. They had no kind of brand building at all. And it sounds like you guys did. So, what were some of the things that you did to build your your brand yeah. uh, in order to to stay relevant? Yeah. So, so two things. One is you know the one answer. And I, I remember uh, last year I was in Jason my one of my co-founders, fellow co-founders, we were in, uh, with our team in China. We were having this discussion with our head of marketing, Michelle and, you know, Jason, you know, the one way we built the brand, of course, we sold a ton of product, right? So it's like, Hey, we didn't do, you know, we didn't go in it from that strategy standpoint initially, 
But, um, you know, we built a good product. We were aggressive in our marketing and we got it out there a lot. And so people, we have two kind of primary brands for our, uh, our accessory business, but people got to know the brands because, you know, we sold a lot of it, but over time, and this is more kind of even now the last two years, because of course, you know, even the, you know, all the tools available or even the social platforms, everything else have evolved, you know, much differently than what we were thinking about it back then. But you know, now as you think about like Instagram and YouTube and, you know, probably especially Instagram the last, you know, the last 24 months is, you know, in influencers and, you know, people seeing your, your product in action or on Amazon, the use of video, right? Amazon wants to evolve to, you know, make sure their experience is keeping up with, you know, how people are interacting with things on other platforms. So, um, you know, from that perspective, you know, we also, we also stayed within the brand. Like we went up until just a couple of years ago, we really never sold in any other category other than that. Right. So sometimes people are, they're newer sellers or, you know, back in the day, people would teach people like, you know, just find the opportunity, sell this, sell that and all these different categories. So we stayed really focused in one category. Now we do sell in other categories like pet supplies and some other things, but you know, it's totally separate brands, right? Those are like separate businesses, but we really treat, you know, one category. So, um, you know, I think for one thing, you know, we think we should stay focused, stay focused on one brand, maybe, maybe two in one specific set of categories to, to sell on. But then, um, like I said, we now build, you know, YouTube and, and Instagram, we hire influencers. We, we do, we do all those things aggressively because nowadays, um, you know, as you know, Bradley, it's just very different than even, you know, four, three, four years ago in terms yeah. of how that works. And, and then also we just think about it in terms of Amazon itself, Right. I mean, in terms of all the benefits you get on Amazon, you know, you, you've got to be in the brand registry. You've got to work to get there as quickly as possible. And that's all about, you know, getting your brand trademarked. And with that, um, I, you know, we always think of it's kind of like a video game. You know, as you get into it, Amazon kind of unlocks additional features, um, you know, both once you get in the brand registry, but also when you hit different tiers of sales, like Amazon will offer you different marketing packages and different ways to do things that, you know, a lot of sellers don't even realize is out there because they never got that far. Maybe they gave up. They didn't realize that, you know, as you grow, Amazon is going to step in and, and try to help those that are, you know, they, they see as the most successful. And, and you know, and kind of the last thing with that is the other reason to focus on brands is because Amazon really cares about brands more than it ever did. Right. So Amazon wants quality brands. You know, again, they're competing versus, you know, Walmart and, Target and all the other competitors out there. So the more they can feel like they've got cool brands, exclusive brands, or things of quality on the platform, the more they're going to help you. And so, you know, all those reasons, you know, we think that's good. And one more thing would be when you go to sell your business, mm -hmm. right. Is that's where the real value is too, right. When someone looks to buy your business, uh, whether it's small brand or, or bigger, uh, it's really about, you know, Hey, have you built out a brand and that's where you're going to get a nice payday at the end. All right. That's great. Now you talked about building a, a social media a little bit you know, YouTube, Facebook, what, what has been giving you the best, you know, ROI, I guess, or, or, mm -hmm. you know, the best bang for your buck as far as social media, would you say it's videos or like unboxing videos or building yeah. a community on Facebook or what helped you guys? Yeah, most? Great question. This is, and all this stuff is never cut and dry for us. Like we debate this stuff and we have different opinions around it sometimes. And, uh, you know, cause it is not always easy to directly measure it as, as it is easy to measure, you know, your, your ACOS, you know, when you're using the Amazon PPC platform, for example. But um, so some of this stuff is a little bit, um, you know, a bit longer tail in terms of the payoff and, the, and what's working. But 
uh, what we found, I mean, it depends on your category and your product, right? So if you're in like, you know, fitness field or, you know, my friend Brandon's, you know, doesn't, does some on Amazon with lady boss, they build a huge community and they sell, you know, they've got huge following because of that. That's, that's awesome. If you can build a following off of Amazon, um, in some way and add value, then you can deliver your product that gives you a ton of momentum. Uh, but you know, some cases like for us, it's cell phone cases, a little tougher at times. So, you know, we have to, you know, like what you describe, like things like unboxings people, uh, you know, some cases we do some fun, you try to add some humor, like we'll do, videos where uh, people are like driving over, you know, crushing phones. We do like drop tests from different things. If you can kind of <laughs> driving, well, hold on, hold on, <laughs> t- t- uh, paint that picture for me. <laughs> it sounds like you've done that. What are we talking about? You, you have a, a video of, of a car crushing a cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've had like different like influencers out there. Yeah. They'll, they'll drive and see, you know, if it holds up, we did uh, at the CES conference last year, we were part of uh CNET did a, a drop test. So we had like brand new iPhone 10s. And actually we, we uh, won a, uh, with our $20 case, like it, they kept raising the in front of like a couple hundred people and dropping them. And it was videoed and see, you know, what point breaks and, and, uh, if, you know, if your case holds up. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you can imagine, I mean, you think about stuff like it's kind of one or two categories. Do you like either provide, um, kind of educational or insight about a product that can be a little more serious or especially people online, is there a way to entertain people some way with your product? And so, um, again, that can be through, you know, just creativity, humor, um, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. And that's where, you know, on, on Amazon itself, it doesn't, you know, there's not a lot of room for that. So to speak with these other platforms, there is a way to kind of build a bit of a personality. Um, you know, just like, I mean, you all do with, with Helium 10 and, and uh, you know, the work you all do is just with your brand, people don't realize, you know, you can build kind of a personality that, uh, to some extent off of uh, Amazon and tie it back. So yeah, I mean, for us, Instagram and YouTube have been big. Um, and we do have, you know, our Amazon store, you know, over time too. So just with your, your brand, you're trying to point people back to your, you know, to your, again, back to the brand. Uh, but yeah, those are the primary ways, you know, we're doing it, but we're, you know, we're, you know, we're still learning, right. That's only been the last probably 18 months. We've really been focused more on that. Um, and so, you know, we're still testing new things and seeing what, um, you know, it's going to help us get to that, you know, the next level of growth. All right, cool. What about email list building lists and being able to like retarget it? Do you think that that is something that is important to brands starting up? And if so, what's the best way to build and maintain such a list? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. It's something that, uh, we definitely leverage that because, you know, we don't, we do sell on a lot of other platforms beyond Amazon. We're on like 30 other platforms, with our products, again, this is just scaling your brand um, and then directly through our own website, you know, through our brands. But even that being said, still 90% of our, or, yeah, probably just under 90% of our sales are through Amazon, whether it's through in the US or through the international markets. Um, so we are a very dominant, um, you know, heavily weighted towards Amazon. So, you know, the email list, um, it's not necessarily if I was, you know, when we're coaching people to begin with, it's not like the first thing we're focused on. We're more focused on, you know, get your brand, be successful on Amazon. Um, I would say it's probably, you know, once you get past the, you know, maybe the million dollar mark in sales, so, you know, start kind of adding that dynamic to it because you also may add, you know, a Shopify site, uh, distribute your brand. Um, you know, there are different ways, you know, you've got to be careful, obviously on the Amazon side, not to, you know, violate terms of service in terms of collecting email because Amazon wants to keep people within that, within that platform. 
but uh, within the Amazon kind of ecosystem. But, um, you know, for us, we've done it through warranties, you know, primarily. So, you know, like lifetime warranties, people go to a website, they give us their email and we build it that way. Um, but there's no question is you build an email over time. And, and now again, I know, as you guys know as well too, you know, email. And then nowadays it's evolving into uh, chat bots and things like many chat where the open rates are better. Uh, the more you can use that, you know, for us where we have, you know, we constantly have new products because there's new, uh, you know, as new phones come out, you know, there's opportunities for us to launch new products. So we, we definitely leverage it for announcements. Um, you know, if for our websites, if we have sales or special things, we, we can push that out there. Um, you know, so I think it's, it's nice to have, I don't think it's necessarily a strategy for Amazon from day one, but as you grow past, you know, the seven figure market, uh, Mark, uh, definitely. Oh, okay. Uh, something you just mentioned in there that mm -hmm. stood out to me was 30 channels. Now I think most of us are on Amazon. Okay. Maybe a few of the other marketplaces, next logical step. Okay. Maybe Walmart jet, maybe some eBay, but Groupon possibly target, mm -hmm. you know, something new. So, I mean, they're like off the top of my head, you know, it's like still less than 10. So, you know, without having to go through all 30 or well, Shopify, of course, but without having to go to all 30, what are some others that, because, you know, really actually sellers of any level can, can, you know, it's not like, Hey, you have to be a eight or nine figure seller to be able to sell on different channels. This is something that, that sellers of any level can start looking at too. And maybe there's a, a couple that, that, you know, they're not great, you know, humongous income generators, but it's still income for an existing product you have. So what are some of those other channels that maybe some people aren't thinking about? Yeah. And I'll, I'll preface this by saying, you know, what we do is we have, you know, we definitely are, are mostly focused, you know, our, our organization in total is really focused on Amazon, but we have, we've got a guy here who's been with us for a long time. And, uh, he focused, he pretty much manages all of our other platforms, uh, combined all the other marketplaces. So it could be, um, you know, it could be staples, right. It could be, you know, office, like all of these, there's a lot of other retailers out there that have marketplaces out there. Um, you know, jet, uh, as well too, which was, uh, purchased by Walmart, I believe. And then, um, there is, you know, some of the, yeah, the, the deal sites that you mentioned, uh, Groupon, um, those are the ones. So, you know, when we look at it, it's not that, um, you know, we've done okay and made like some money on it. It's not like our big focus. It's more about, Hey, ways we can distribute our products and, you know, have relationships in these marketplaces. Um, you know, eBay is, is definitely one of our big ones. So, um, I'd have to go back. I mean, honestly, some of the lists I've got to keep up with our guy. He's got, we've got the list in the office of these other sites. That's cool. Like Staples. I didn't even realize Staples had a, had a third party marketplace uh, on it. That's just something that you don't think of. Yeah. And some of them are international, like in Mexico. There's some, there's like some other international places where we go, where again, this is kind of where we go back. Like if you, if you, if you can have a good category of products, right? Like it doesn't have to be amazing. It doesn't have to be as big as, you know, our cell phone accessory business, but just, you know, you kind of niche down is you can, you know, and it's a good product is then you can really just kind of heavily focus on distribution and managing that side of it. Um, you know, whether it's Amazon and then working through these other, and all these other channels, again, when you go to exit and sell, it's like that adds a lot of dollars and value to your brand that you're, you know, established with some of these other marketplaces. Um, you know, you got to, you know, obviously be smart about it and see, make sure you can be profitable in it. And, uh, you know, again, we don't view any one as a magic bullet, but, you know, as we add it up in the year, sometimes we're like, oh, wow, that, you know, these other channels were pretty, you know, they're not massive for us, but they do add up and, you know, we have decent, decent profit in it. So 
And so mo- most of these other channels, I mean, maybe all of the other channels are, you guys have to fulfill like by merchant, right? It's not like they, they have their own fulfillment. Uh, actually, maybe Walmart does nowadays, but, but most of these, like if there's an order that comes in, you guys ship it from your warehouse? Uh, we do in some cases, but there are like third party providers that can do that for you. Um, but like, if you go to like, like cha- we use a uh, channel advisor for some of this stuff. There's uh, I think I'm trying to, trying to think some of the other ones like new, I think we're on new egg overstock wish. Uh, I mentioned jet already. There's a bunch of them out there. So there's tools out there that make it, um, you know, kind of reduce the bur- burden of, of managing these other platforms. So, uh, you know, it's definitely, uh, you know, th- there's definitely opportunity again, just it's basically distribution channels for your product. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's really cool. And I think there's nothing, you know, obviously guys, there's nothing wrong with dedicating most of your emphasis on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's what Jamie does, but don't get so laser focused that you don't miss opportunities. Cause if you have an established brand that might as well, you know, distribute it to other channels. So that's, that's pretty cool too. So, um, how, how about retail? I mean, are you guys in any, you know, big box stores at all? Yeah. Good question. So we, we used to be, um, and again, this is, this is where it differs. Like we know we have plenty of other brands and now we have some, uh, with our AMZ insiders, we have kind of some bigger, bigger companies like hundred million billion dollar brands that are, want to leverage some help. And it's most of those guys are in retailers, right? They're kind of going from retail and trying to figure out how to go to Amazon without, without frankly, pissing off uh, their retailers and Walmart because of pricing and everything we're um, we pulled out of retail years back. Like we used to be in Best Buy and Walmart and even like Lowe's for a while, some stuff. But you know, for us, we just found we were um, we were just better and stronger at, at managing our uh, e-commerce side of things. So, you know, we just stay focused on that. Um, the other dynamic for us, which again, is a little counter, because I know a lot of people out there, you know, kind of teach about the packaging and make sure it looks nice. And there is, you know, to some extent we want that, but you know, in retail, you have to focus on a lot more. Whereas with our business, because the amount of volume we do, and we, we really focus on keeping our things like our packaging and how it looks as simple as possible and kind of minimalist as possible. Cause we want it to be, as cheap as possible. And kind of with that approach, it just lends us well to kind of sell on Amazon and stay focused on that because, uh, you know, the retail side just wasn't, it was, it's a little bit of a different animal and we, you know, we didn't really need to focus on that to grow our business. Cool. And now speaking of growing your business, obviously you guys are able to scale at a rapid pace. Now, you know, it's not like everybody has the, the means to scale to nine figures or even eight figures or seven figures, but I believe I'm, I'm assuming that the, the principles you guys use as scaling is something that could be applied even to somebody, you know, trying to scale from, you know, a thousand dollars a month to, you know, grow their business gradually. Yep. So what, what's some advice you can give from an expert like yourself on what principles to use when trying to scale? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I absolutely agree. Cause it's, again, right now is an interesting time in 2019 where there are, like I said, there are big brands, you know, that are kind of coming down. I see this convergence. You have these new sellers, you know, and, and you, or people that have, you know, maybe have a little bit of capital behind them. You have these big brands that are all coming towards um, the three P. So seller central, as opposed to selling uh, vendor central or Amazon buying the products from them. And the platform's the same, whether you're, you know, a hundred million dollar brand, uh, you know, a big brand trying to come to sell on Amazon or whether you're brand new starting from zero. And, you know, so in terms of, you know, they're coming from different places and there's kind of diff- different advantages, but you know, the things I would say, if you're starting, you know, small is, 
you know, things around, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, of course, I say, you know, stay kind of Uber brand focused, even when you're small and just meaning, again, that can mean just like, Hey, don't go into five different categories, but, you know, pick something and think about how you're going to build three or four related products, you know, all, all related so they can help each other, um, you know, kind of related products. And as you get into the brand registry that, you know, you stay tight there initially. Um, and then, you know, the other things I would say, you know, from early on is, you know, that's why like there was a guy and uh, we run a, a Facebook community art or is a, it's like Amazon insiders or Amazon insiders dash FBA sellers or something is in that group. We had someone who they got started. They sold their business in less than two years. He's, he's one of like the first members of the group. And he, um, he sold it in less than two years, but one of the th key things he did well, and he had some experience in a retail environment before, and it probably wasn't a massive business. He might've sold it. He might've got to a million, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, a million and a half dollars in sales. But what I like is when you start your business, I really do think you should think about as if you're going to sell your business, right? If you're going to sell your business within 24 months, because the way you run your business, uh, it just creates discipline in terms of these things about, um, you know, obviously growth is important, but it's also important that you've got, you know, accounting of your business and you understand if you're profitable or not. Um, if, uh, you know, obviously, you know, like Helium 10, right. Tools like that, that you've got a suite in place that, Hey, you're managing your business with that. So, you know, those are the type of things I think are important along the way. You can pick up the hacks here and there. And, you know, I'm sure probably on some of the other podcasts or other details out there, there are good things. Um, you know, the one that I would say in terms of when you get up and running is, you know, on the supplier side, it, well, the first time you're out there getting samples, everything else, you know, you're not maybe a, a, you don't have a ton of leverage negotiating, but you know, I would, once you kind of know what you're doing and you're coming back for your second order or third order, I would definitely spend time, um, getting multiple bids. And even on Alibaba, now they have the thing where you can put the quote out there. So everyone kind of bids on, on what you're looking for is, you know, that's one where we definitely, you can, you can often find much lower prices uh, with a quality supplier over time. You got to keep working that because, you know, when you cut your supply and cost down by 20% or 25%, I mean, that all flows to your bottom line. Um, and it really allows you to sustain and grow. Well, that's awesome. And you talk about being able to lower your, some of your manufacturing costs. Now, I remember you had said before that one thing that helped you at the beginning was one of your partners was actually a, a native Chinese speaker. And since you had gotten a lot of your products from, from China, that, that really helped. So how important is that? Like, how much do you think that does help? Like, as opposed to, you know, you trying to use some translation or, or chat tool with a language difference, does it make a big difference by, by having, you know, either a friend or, or boots on the ground in China doing these negotiations for you? I don't think it's, it's nowadays is not that important. <laughs> like it, it, my initial time and Jason, yeah, that's Jason. He was my next door neighbor and uh, we still live close to each other, but it was an early on advantage there before people that, but the reality is now, like I had someone call on my phone today, a supplier over in China, who's just um, got a hold of me. Right. And he, uh, he speaks English, right? So most of them, over there because they want the U S market in their business, you're going to have, you know, someone through WeChat, whatever, they're going to be able to communicate for the most part. Now, when you're in China, uh, there's definitely a lot of people that do not speak English, but usually at most of these people are going to have somebody that does. Now, if you're, um, you know, as you kind of get to the next level and maybe as you get to, and I'll say 5 million plus or 10 million is, you know, the, you know, the ability to go over there, I think is, 
is important and to be able to have some connections and relationships, but really, you know, it's, it's not that hard because, uh, again, you can hire translators, you can help people, you know, if you put the time and effort to it, there's definitely, it's not a roadblock nowadays because, you know, on their end, they want to make it as easy as possible to do business with you as well. Um, but you've got to, you know, there is an advantage to actually going there and establishing that relationship. Like we do have suppliers, they come here and, and we'll meet with them here. Uh, maybe they come to a big event, we'll meet them. Uh, but then, you know, the, just the bigger point is just the relationships does matter. Just like, you know, just like, just like you guys with your business, you know, relationships matter. So whether it's in China or whether it's here, um, if there's an opportunity to meet with people in person, that definitely strengthens the relationship. Cool. All right. Let's do some rapid fire now, just without ha- having to talk five minutes about 10 different strategies in 30 seconds or less. What is one thing that sellers can do to help get more reviews? Mm-hmm. So I, I, there's a, it's like, where do I begin? But look, try and think if you only had 30 seconds, you know, elevator pitch, you know, you have 30 seconds to, to tell a new seller like, Hey, do this. And it's going to help you get more reviews. Yeah. So for reviews, it is a tricky one this year. We've had to be really careful with ourselves. This, we used to be really aggressive with different tactics. We had to pull back on those. Um, you know, we, we, you know, make sure you have the basics in place in terms of a email responder. I think helium 10, I think you have a, maybe have a new tool for that as well too. Um, definitely make sure you have those in place. Uh, to the extent you build email lists, uh, chat bots, tools like that, that you can follow up with customers and encourage people to, um, to either buy your products and, or if they have bought your product to, uh, to leave reviews. So kind of external resources, to the extent, which I would say email and, uh, and chat bots or many chats interact with your customers. Um, and then. Perfect. Time's up. Time's up. Time's up. That's 30 seconds. All right. That's, 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 that's very valuable. All right. Another one, another one, 30 <laughs> seconds or less. And you know, we, we, you know, Jamie can attest to this. I did not give him warning. He cannot prepare this, but sometimes the things that come to your mind, the first are usually the best, the best things. So that's why yeah. I didn't want to tell you this. I was going to do this before, but all right, 30 seconds or less, a good PPC or a good PPC strategy, or just a rule of thumb principle, whatever that's 30 seconds or less. What's going to help people make PPC more profitable for them? Yeah. What I would say with PPC is one is, you know, with these review changes and everything else with Amazon is we put it, incredible amount of focus on PPC this year and make sure that it's a heavy focus for you. Um, we have teams that does manage this for us, but you know, it is evolving. Amazon is focused on it more. So things like the, um, the auto bids up and down, I know we use that. Um, and, uh, we're just lots of different strategies around keywords and also looking at, um, not only a keyword, but also managing the, the product placement, and take advantage of anything else they offer you in terms of betas or bigger packages to, to uh, test more uh, kind of PPC strategies within Amazon. Awesome. All right. See, look at that, guys. You see, even in one minute, we can get some valuable uh, insights that are going to help you guys. One of the last things I wanted to talk about today was just, uh, you know, somebody of your level of selling, you know, usually takes a unique personality, you know, like a you know, dedication of work. You know, I know people at this level in different industries and they're just like so diehard and you got to have that entrepreneurial mindset. But what happens is, and I'm <laughs> to fault, you know, for one of these is, is that uh, you, uh, people with this mindset sometimes do not have the whole work life balance thing in place. Now you're a family mm-hmm. man. You've got three yep. kids, I believe. Now how on your journey to, to mm-hmm. nine figures and regardless, you know, when you're at seven, eight, nine figures, like how did you maintain that balance between giving your family enough time, 
and dedicating enough time to scale your business? Yeah, it's a good question. We kind of, what I would say is we just accepted that we wouldn't, it wouldn't be in balance at times. It would, we just integrated it sometimes. I mean, the pluses and minuses is that we, you know, back from back in the day, we have more ability to, to, um, include them. Like, you know, we're, we're traveling more and I'm still working while we're traveling. Um, and you know, it's, it's a balance. It's not, a, it's, it's a hard balance. And you know, we say we're not necessarily that good at it, but you know, it, it lends itself in both my partners, Jason and Brad too. Same thing. We do a lot of traveling with our family. Um, but we also work a lot and it's not, it's not perfect, but, uh, you know, you got to kind of find out what your priorities are. And for, yeah, for me and, you know, my partners as well too, yeah, for me, you know, it's part of the motivation of doing this stuff is that, Hey, you know, I can be at my kid's school during the day. I can go spend time with them. At the same time, we are traveling a lot and, and doing different things. And sometimes you're away from them, but, um, it's not perfect, but I do think a lot of this stuff lends itself to, you know, have a better balance than if I was working a corporate job and traveling all over the country and, and did not have control of, uh, you know, the ability to interact with the family as much. Cool. That's good. That's great advice, Jamie. Now you at AMZ Insiders, you guys help a lot of students, you know, learn more about Amazon. You do a lot of education there. Now, you know, some might ask, Hey, I mean, you're making all this money on mm -hmm. Amazon, you know, why, why spend the time to, to do this side <laughs> side thing about education? Yeah. For us, you know, two things. One is we're not going to be in the Amazon business forever. Like we may exit uh, in the next, uh, next year or two. So that's stuff we're working on. Um, you're always looking for the next challenge, but for us, honestly, it was, it was funny because we were really heads down focused on Amazon for all these years, like as an operator. And I did have a background as a, a CEO of an education company and the training and that kind of stuff. We looked at it and we said, man, a lot of the people that we're seeing teaching and not, you know, there's some good quality and we have some good friends and the, this, but we thought, man, we, we feel like we're really qualified to help people with this. And, you know, just like, you, you know, you all do with helium 10 and provide great tools and, and do a great job. Felt like, man, long-term, this seems like, you know, we should be able to help people, you know, if we can really provide value with what we know. And, and so that's really it. You know, we think there's a, you know, as I'm sure you think this is a big market. There's plenty of room for lots of people to be successful, whether you're running your business or you're providing software, or you're, you're coaching. And we just think we're well positioned to, you know, stick with what we're good at, which is, you know, teaching people what we know. Um, you know, we're not trying to build software. We're not trying to do other things, but we can help people with, you know, following our path. And so that's, that's the thought. And we do, and from a financial standpoint, we think it's a big, big market, you know, over time. And, you know, recently we've just been focused, you know, we've helped a lot of smaller people. We, uh, tell you, it's called amzsmart.com, but we've, that's for those that are businesses and companies and brands out there that want our help. Um, we've gotten more focused on that too. So yeah, that's the reason we think there's good opportunity and we think there's a lot of, you know, there's long ways to go for, for everyone involved in this space, whether you're a seller or a, like you guys, a software provider, um, there's lots of good things happening. Okay, cool. So like, uh, amzsmart.com is one way that they can find out about that business. And what about the, the basic training? Is it amzinsiders.com or what's the website to... Yeah. I mean, uh, if you go to amzinsiders.org, O-R-G is our, uh, that's our, that's our workshop. You can get our free workshop and kind of walk through how we did, you know, follow the process that we followed and see if it's, if it's a good fit to help. But uh, yeah, the AMZ smart, like you said, that's, that's really specific for Sometimes you have like big companies and brands out here that want, um, it's a little bit of a different need, but that's what, uh, that's what that is. Yep. All right, cool. Well, Jamie, thank you for taking your time out and 
giving us all the insight and knowledge and about your experiences. And I'm sure everybody will find that beneficial and we'll look forward to hanging out at the next bar mitzvah that I throw. <laughs> Absolutely. Bradley, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Have a good one.